Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum for Maximum for Please welcome us from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Starks is joining us right now for Maximum Football. That, of course, means it's a Wednesday during football season. And um, I'm sure Max is happy about the Florida Gators. Max, we'll get to the Florida Gators in a little bit. Calm down. But how are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing good, fellas. Um, Happy to be on the airwaves. And, of course... I am a very happy alligator, so <laughs> yes, when we do get to it, I will be excited, but I'm doing well. Ron, before we start, Yo. Craig says he loves uh, you. You know what? T- tell him I love him as well, okay, buddy? I will. Okay, I, I will. I Did will. you actually do the show already? Did you do the show this morning? No, yeah. you didn't. We, we have. We oh, have. Oh, yeah, you we, did. We're on, we're on like seven to nine every day uh, <laughs> this time. This is great, Matt. It really is. <laughs> Uh, all right, yeah. Max. I'm going to play a couple clips here from Kyler Murray on uh, Cardinals' flight plan. I just want to get your reactions to some of them. Now that the season's about to start, and it, <laughs> we're going through the injury report. The injury report's not officially out yet, but the players that are rumored to be on it, and like Kyler Murray's about the only one who isn't. So let's just listen to Kyler Murray talk uh, about his expectations for the upcoming season. My my look is my perspective. I'm looking at the total season. I'm looking at you know the things that we can accomplish, the things that I want to accomplish. I feel like we have a great team, you know, especially from where I started, from where we started year one to year four now. Got a lot of great pieces. Offensively, this is the best offense I've been a part of since I've been in the league. And my impact on those guys, all I'm trying to do is make everybody better. And I think I would say I do that every day. These guys know, you know, I lead by example. This year also more vocally, getting more comfortable with these guys. All right, Max, so let's start there. The two-parter. Um, first of all, if, if assuming they can get some of these guys on the field for week one, is this the most talented offense you've seen them have since Kyler and Cliff got here? And then also, what do you think about Kyler at the end there, talking about leadership and saying more vocally this year? Well, I, I'll answer that first question. I think on paper, this there's a lot of talent to be had on this squad. I mean, there's depth at all the skill positions. And just think about this. That's without DeAndre Hopkins. And then imagine when you do insert said Hopkins into this lineup. I think you have a lot of weapons that can do a lot of great things. I think it, but I think it all hinges on the health of the offensive line, being able to protect Kyler, being able to block for him and the running game, give Tyler, Kyler enough room and the windows to find said receivers downfield. That's what, the, that's what I think is one of the more pressing crushes. Cause like you said, the injury report is there and it, 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 it it's just, it's just a, a, a triage of, of names that you know you need, you need available for this game, especially when you think about Rodney Hudson and, and his, um, role in this offense. And then secondly, you know, to your second point, I think, uh, you, yeah, you have to take this step, Kyler. You have to be a vocal leader. They're asking for it. They need it. So I agree that this has been a maturation process for him. And the fact that he's identified it, right? We talk about seven step programs. First step is to admit you have a problem, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I'm glad that he's, he's gone through that, but it is going to have to translate and we're going to see it week one versus maybe a little ounces of it in the preseason, but he wasn't playing, wasn't participating. Um, 
as was a lot of starters. So now it's going to be, we see it in the midst of adversity, in the midst of the fire, the midst of things going. And I'm happy for that because he is the franchise. He got paid like the franchise. So therefore, he should act franchisee. Yeah, yeah, I like that franchisee. <laughs> <Act> more franchisee. <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about it. I agree with you right there. Kyler Murray's got to continue to develop. I also like the fact that Kyler identified the fact that he can impact players around him. He can make players around him better. That's what many, many quarterbacks have done in the past. More on this as the show unfolds. But defensive coordinators, okay, what, how do you think defensive coordinators are going to approach defending Kyler Murray? Uh, spy. Spy, spy, first and foremost. You've you got to have a spy, I think. That, that's prerequisite number one. Now, how you run your your coverages, um, whether you're going to run a little more mix of three, um, or if you do get into cover six, I think would be one, or maybe an invert cover two man. Um you have you have to mix it up a little bit on him, and you have to keep guys near and around the line of scrimmage for if he breaks contain, or if there is some type of pre-designed rollout. You can't give him the safety valves, and I think they are going to play it that much. I don't think you get as much blitz. I think you get more contain yep. rush for Kyler, and so that's where I think you have to play those those trick coverages, right? Drop your safeties down, shoot your corners back, or you drop it into some form of cloud in the six or an eight type of type of configuration at the end of it, but you must keep him contained. You're not if you blitz him and you leave an edge open, it's bye bye, my bad. You're boo boo the fool at that moment. So that's where you you're going to start to see the chess match, and that's where Kyle's going to have to throw himself, you know, out of those coverages and get them to be more aggressive, so that they do blitz him, so you can create more uh, fun plays and more explosive plays. But it's going to be accuracy, throwing in the tight windows, making that making that on schedule throw before the, the, the coverage can converge on your receiver or just taking that check down and allow it to be checked down Charlie for a couple of plays until you then get the guys to suck up and then go over the top. They're, they're, and, I, and I know he's going to do this and Cliff, Cliff's adept at this. So I just think it's going to be it's going to be very conservative. You're not going to see teams really attacking Kyler because they know he can hurt him with his legs as well yep. as his arm. Max, I just want to be clear. Is it worse to be checked down Charlie or Boo Boo the Fool? Because you threw a lot at us right there. Yeah, Boo Boo the Fool is definitely the okay, worst one. Um, check down Charlie means you're, you're, just, you're just keeping things on schedule. Just getting the ball out, dink and dunk, easy completions, matriculate down the field, Mac a little Hank Stram there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're Mac Jones. It wins games. Doesn't uh, look cute, though. Um, the, everything that was, I don't even want to say controversy, but I guess just the narrative around Kyler Murray that he helped create this offseason. Uh, do you think now within that locker room that's a thing of the past? I mean, so much stuff has already happened with other parts of this team just in the last few weeks and now all these injuries and you got the Chiefs coming up. Do you think guys have just kind of forgotten that and they're ready to go? Uh, yes. I think most of the time, you know, what happens in the offseason stays in the offseason um, for, <laughs> for all intents and purposes. And now it's about game time. It's about your actions. Like you said, Kyler said he came out and said he wanted to be a, a more vocal leader. I think go prove it. If you can become a vocal leader, if you can show that you're 10 toes in with this team, then absolutely. We forgive that. Hey, we get it was posturing. We get it was negotiating. All the players in the locker room understand the negotiation process, and sometimes you have to play harder than, harder than, than maybe people would like, but you got the result. Now go show us that it's worth the payoff. Go be the leader we expect you to be. Go be the leader that the organization paid you to be, and then prove us all right that you deserve that. 
Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Max is going to stick around. Coming up next, two big-name quarterbacks running the season under pretty strange circumstances. We're going to take you through the latest news around the National Football League as Maximum Football continues next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum Football. Please welcome, from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Here, Max, I'm going to let you, since you're the guest, I'm going to let you decide which direction we go with this segment, okay? Because we're going to go around the NFL, so this is where we're going to start. Want to talk a little Brady? Maybe some Steelers? Maybe some Ravens? Where do you want to start? Uh, let's go Brady first. Oh, wow. let's, take it, let's take it down south. Say Brady, south. Brady, Brady. All right, this is Tom Brady from the Let's Go podcast. Is Fitz still going to be able to do that podcast now since he's doing Monday Night Countdown? Yeah, um, I think so. I okay. think he, they, you're going to let Fitzy do what Fitzy well, does. Well, but if they are at the same time, I don't yeah. know. Okay, so here's, I mean, I guess Brady's doing it and he's playing. Even though he is from Pitt. Oh, boy. Okay, here's uh, here's what Brady, uh, Brady <laughs> said on the podcast about... Feelings. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Will not go away. Taking football for granted. She didn't play for a little while, and I think she realized it's a lot of fun to play. And I think sometimes when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't always feel like, you know, you take it for granted to a degree. Like, oh, it'll be there. And then it's not there for a year, and you go, God, I really love it. I really want to play. And then you get out there and play, and you enjoy it. So I think that's great perspective to hear. And I think for me, yeah, I have a lot to prove. I got a lot to prove this year. I'm out there to prove that I'm still capable of leading the team to a championship. And that's what I want to prove to myself, and I want to prove that to my teammates. So i got to get up every day and with that dedication and commitment and focus and try to go out there and be the, be the best I could be for them. Max, if, and I understand proving it is the essence of sports, but if you lined up every player in the NFL and said who has the most to prove, I think Brady would be absolutely last on my list. He has so many Super Bowls I've forgotten. Is it seven? I think it's seven, yeah. right? Uh, what yeah, do you, seven. What do, you, what do you make of his situation and, and Tampa Bay's situation right now? Well, I, I think for him, it, you made this decision, and I imagine it was probably against the wishes of your wife, maybe, uh, to come back for another year. So I, I think he does have a lot to prove that he still has it mentally, even though we know accolades-wise he does not have anything left to prove. In fact, we were all okay with him riding off into the sunset. But, you know, for him, that internal competitor just won't let it die. And I think for him, he's if it's, if it's not a successful campaign, if he does not not make the playoffs and they do not make a run quote unquote I, I think I think it will feel like a letdown for Brady because I think he thought coming in the reason why you stay and you compete is because you think you can go for another championship um, even though we know the league gets better every single year but for him that's what it is so I think he's right to have that he has to manufacture a chip but this one's a realistic one for why did you stay retired yeah how many guys have you ever seen walk away from a training camp for 11 days had you, had you ever seen anything like that um, no, but then again, I've also never been Tom Brady. So <laughs> if anybody will get that type of pass, I think he's the one that's earned it playing in 20% of available Super Bowls. Yeah, but unless there was something, unless there was something really, really personal, I guess what I'm saying, Max, I, I'm not buying the fact they had this planned. I, I've, for me, I'm not buying that right there. 
I, I think there was a personal reason why he walked away for 11 days. And he's entitled to that. We all are. I would say anybody that was going through some serious issues, you have the right to walk away from that. And I'm with you on that one, but I've never seen it. No, no, I have never seen it. And once again, it's a unique situation. I know it's a situation that we've all been kind of like, what is going on, you know, with him? I mean, and we, and we may never know. We may never know what was behind it, whether it was a family issue and emergency or whether it was something personal uh, for him that he kind of had to work out mentally, you know. They're not going to let us know until he feels ready to talk to it, I'm sure, in his in his biopic movie or some type of documentary. But um, it is unusual, and we'll see if, it, if that ultimately comes back to bite them throughout the season. All right, now let's move over to the Ravens. I know they're your favorite team always, Max, from having played against them Can't twice Can't wait year. to talk about rat birds. Uh, okay. <laughs> it, Lamar Jackson's situation, now we are just a couple days away from the start of Baltimore season. He still doesn't have a new deal. He's essentially negotiating the deal himself. He has said once the season starts, he's not going to keep negotiating. Um, would you have ever put yourself in a position where you were negotiating your own deal? Because this, we're talking big money here, and it sounds like he's been offered big money. And I don't really care about the Ravens, Max, but he seems like the most likely quarterback to get hurt or at least be at risk to get hurt because of the way he plays. And yet he's kind of putting that all on the line here in a couple of days. Yeah, no, <laughs> I completely agree. I do not want to negotiate my own deal. That's why you get an agent. Uh, you let them deal with the minutia of the whole situation. But when your agent's also your mom, it makes it a little bit tougher. Um, so on that note, it's good. It, he has a he has a lot to quote unquote prove. I would have thought this would have been done by now and put to bed because you know when you see what what, what Deshaun Watson got, it's a no brainer. I'm not that that's my that's my that's my floor, not my ceiling. Uh, which you just signed with him, and then of course Russell Wilson, of course taking the lesser deal, kind of changes that a little bit, but. For him, yeah, I wanted this. I want my guarantees in place because, like you said, I play a very physical brand of football, and it's one that does not denote itself to having longevity associated with it. So, it is it is pretty interesting. But you know, hey, I mean, Lamar, you're betting on yourself. Make sure the bet's good. Boy, I know what a dangerous situation that is. I I love Lamar Jackson. I know you do as well. This is a guy that I think is a hyper-competitive individual, a guy that plays and gives you everything he's got week in and week out. I, I'm... I'm a little concerned he's he's making a mistake by by not getting some type of repu, uh, representation repu, representation. I don't know why I could not say that momentarily. It's been a long day. It has been a long day. But honestly, right now, um, I hope it turns out well for him because this is a gamble unlike anything we've ever seen, Max. No, this is a huge gamble. I mean, we've seen other players do it, but not at this position, not with the stature that Lamar Jackson has. I mean, this is a guy who has an NFL MVP under his belt already. Um, it's more so you see that in the unproven guys, like a Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh. There we go, segue. Oh, perfect. Um, where, where, where you do that. But for Lamar Jackson, you went, you beat out Joe Flacco, you got the starting job, you took your team to the playoffs multiple times, and and you won an MVP, it should be a no-brainer. This should be a very cut-and-dry, you're going to get big money, and let's move on from it.
All right, Max, you brought up the Steelers here, so real quick, are you ready for the Mitchell Trubisky era, and how short is that leech for everybody out there that's playing fantasy football and wants to pick up Kenny Pickett? <laughs> when can we expect to see him? Uh, I, I think I think I think the leash is 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 uh, pretty long. I think that, that even though it was a clerical error that you put Kenny Pickett third on the depth chart, and Mason Rudolph second. Don't know how you miss, miss that copy and paste Whoops. job. Uh, yeah, exactly. Whoop. Um, but I think I think it has to be. Um, a decent leash because I think Kenny is good. I don't know if Kenny's truly ready to lead just yet. And I was actually fine with him being third on the depth chart for as of right now, just because you had that veteran. If things get out of hand, there's a quick injury. You could throw him in. But Mike T obviously saw it differently. Uh, Mike Canada saw it differently. And they want to make sure that the first rounder is there. He's dressed. He's getting the, the game feel experience of preparing for a game. Going through the week, taking reps and everything, just to get through the motions to get more comfortable. Yeah, so Max, quickly here, tell me how the Steelers looked this preseason. Uh, I think very explosive offensively, way more than last year. It's going to be the offensive line. I think that's the crux of the situation is how good your your offensive line is will be how far you carry. And I think Mitch presents a more mobile quarterback that can deal with a less than optimal offensive line. And I think defensively, there's a lot of good depth. They made some good trades at the outside backer position to fill some depth. So I think this is a team that could be surprising. I think their, their ceiling is probably right where they were last year around the nine win mark, maybe 10 if they sneak a surprise, but I think it's better than people are giving uh, them credit for. All right, all week this week, we are sending you and your Wolf back to see the Cardinals take on the Raiders in Las Vegas, courtesy of Circa Resort and Casino. Just text Vegas to 620-620 and listen for your name anytime during our show. Wolf, we still haven't done this yet today, so it's coming up in the next hour-ish. Plus, qualifiers are also going to just win tickets to the Cardinals' home opener against the Chiefs. No big deal. So text Vegas to 620-620 and listen. When we come back, the Chiefs have some new pieces on offense, so what are they going to throw at the Cardinals on Sunday that's next. Max is going to stick around. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum for Maximum for Maximum. Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Max Starks is here for Maximum Football on a Wednesday afternoon. And Max, we've been talking a lot about the Cardinals and the the question questionable tag next to a lot of these guys. We'll get the official injury report the first of the year here coming up in just a little bit. But on the Chiefs side of things, no Tyreek Hill. But they do add Marcus Valdez-Scantling, who's pretty fast in his own right. He's not Tyreek Hill fast, but nobody is. They also had Juju Smith-Schuster, though, somebody that you're pretty familiar with covering the Steelers. So when you look at this Chiefs offense, they're obviously going to notice the loss of Tyreek, but you still have Mahomes, you still have Kelsey, you added those guys. What do you think the Cardinals are in store for on Sunday? Well, I, th- I, th- I think you're catching a team kind of a little bit in transition. And when I say a little bit in transition, obviously you can't replace the production that is Tyree Kill. So you have to manifest it in multiple different guys. And you, like you said, you bring in key free agents, you bring in Juju, you bring in Valdez Scantling, I can't, Marquez Valdez Scantling, MVS. Um, 
And he also drafted a kid by the name of Sky Moore. And I know you guys might not be too familiar with Sky Moore, kid from Western Michigan, but he was also a Pittsburgh kid. Um, in fact, he was Mike Tomlin's son, Dino's best friend and, and high school quarterback. <laughs> so he's a guy that's very familiar to the Steelers organization and to the city of Pittsburgh, a dynamic kid. Um, so he's going to look to probably be your, your, your slot type of guy, but he, of course he's going to get the paces um, to get into that point. But I think it, it's going to be a versatile. It's going to be still a very similar offense. You know, you still have some great guys in the backfield along with Pat Mahomes. You know, Edwards Hilaire, we'll see how he's doing in company. And then you also have to think that, you know, Travis Kelsey will have something to say about the, about the air attack. Um, so there's still a lot of pieces there. They have to be on their P's and Q's, but I think the first and foremost thing is you've got to corral Pat Mahomes. You can't let him get to the outside because that's where he can harm you. I think offense for offense, I think you stack up equally. It's going to come down to the, really the defenses and who could affect the opposing quarterback more. Yeah, you know what? I believe that so much right there, honestly. I, I think it's going to be the defense that turns the opposing offense over the most wins a game. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, to me, Max, it, it's, it's not only is it a stop, it's also taking the ball from you and giving it to a very high-powered offense. Again, I expect this to be a shootout. Do you expect it to be that way? A shootout? I, I do. I do. I think this is one that you're going to want to see the aerial attacks of both these. Just because the, both wide receiving cores are so good and there was so much depth there um, in training camp, you want to see what it's going to look like. I want to see, you know, how is Rondell Moore going to look in year two? Mm-hmm. What does Hollywood Brown's addition to this offense look like? And so... If those guys are on and they have that relationship with Kyler, it's going to be awesome. But then also, how does Pat Mahomes deal with some new weapons? I know you still have McCole Hardman there, but you still got new pieces that are going to be playing new roles in your offense. And so he's going to want to obviously take it out for a test drive. Listen, if I go, if I go to a Lamborghini dealership and they say, Hey, go take this for a test drive. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to test drive the crap out of that thing. I'm going 110. So I think Pat Mahomes is going to want to do the same thing. I want, he's going to want to put them in positions hey, to Max, be successful to see what they can do. Max, just stop it. You know you'd never fit in a Lamborghini. <laughs> you'd okay. never. All, All right. right. They All make right. SUVs but now. But if I could, Wolf, I would. Right, there you go. That's, okay. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I have done. I said that I, if I could, I would do. And I think that's what Pat Mahomes like. I, I got him. Might as well burn him. You sitting in a Lamborghini with your knees up over the steering listen, wheel. Listen, it's a it's a, it's a fancy skateboard. Okay, that's what yeah, I'm looking right. at as right now. So low to the ground. It's a fancy skateboard. I can't sit. I can't sit in it. But I sure can't stand in it though. <laughs> Nor would you be able it's like to get a really out of big, it. a big segue. How about that? Just put a little extension of the steering column. I'm uh, talking to Max Starks. Max, we're, we've been looking at the the list of players that are, I guess, questionable. The injury report isn't officially out yet, but just the players, their their status for Sunday's up in the air. And there seems like a ridiculous amount for the Cardinals. They especially seem to be the the players you can least afford to lose. And it seems especially ridiculous since they didn't really play anybody in the preseason. But one guy in particular, and I just want to get your thoughts on how you would be handling this. Marcus Golden, we're all kind of assuming it's a contract slash hold-in thing. I mean, it was reported he had a toe injury, but that was that was like five and a half weeks ago, and we haven't seen him since. They got to have Marcus Golden for this game on Sunday, don't they? 
I think you do. I think you have to have Marcus Golden. You have to figure out how, what hold in, hold out, faux injury, real injury. You need him on the field um, because you've got to replace that production that you lost with Chandler Jones. And I don't think if he's not there, I don't know if I fully would trust this defense when it comes to the pass rush. And nothing, and nothing gets the guys that have been working in camp, right? But if you know that J.J. Watt's kind of a little bit on the mend and you need to get somebody out there to cause some mayhem, you know, is Cam Thomas ready? Is Christian Matthew ready? Um, to go, to go in, I'm sorry, not, not, not Christian Matthew, but Cam Thomas, um, ready to fill in for a Marcus Golden. I think that's going to be a, a big question to ask because, you know, can he do it? Can he not do it? I don't know. And then you got Gardeck on the other side and was it Demuke? Gamukehe? Gamuke? Demukeji? Demukeji. There we go. Victor. Demokeji. All right, I got it. So, you know, can those guys fill in the place of Marcus Gold? I don't know if they can yet. Yes, they can grow into it, but not having Marcus Golden, who's a known pass rusher with a great resume and a guy who would get the attention of a defense for a double team and free up the opposite side, I think you have to have him there. So what do you think of the Chiefs' uh, defense? How, how would you attack their defense if you had the option of, of course, all your wide receivers and every, well, everybody nice. that might be available to you? And I'm not talking about D-Hop, but how would you philosophically attack the Chiefs' defense? You know, I, I'm I'm gonna te- I want to test their edges early um, in the run game. I want to see how outside zone works for them. I don't know if this is a, a team that can really run sideline to sideline. Um, I would want to test them. I want to see what you know Nick Bolton and Willie Gay and company can do to uh, to get sideline to sideline on them because I think James Conner is a great back that can push it to the outside. And if he does feel over pursuit, stick his foot in the ground and cut back on you. So I would test their edges early and see how they're going to attack it if they're going to stay in a nickel type of front if they're going to play a big nickel front as well if they're going to bring a bigger safety down to play that third guy if, mm-hmm. if you're showing different personnel groupings um, I want to test them early and then then I go to the air and then I start because I don't I don't know if I really trust them I mean Trip McDuffie was their first round pick um, and I heard good things coming from camp out of him but a first year corner against Hollywood Brown I want that matchup I want that. And if, if I could force them into single high coverage, I'm, I'm going for the deep ball. I'm mm-hmm. going to test the outer limits of what that defense can do range-wise. Um, but, it's, but it's all about forcing them into that because they, they like to stay too high if they can help it because they want to play zone. Oh, yeah. But if you can get them to walk down that safety for fear of run, especially outside tackle runs, then now I can now take those shots off of play action. This was uh, Cliff Kingsbury on with us yesterday talking about Chris Jones for Kansas City. He's, he's dominant. I mean, he, he probably doesn't get the credit he deserves because their offense is so good and a lot of the you know star power goes to that side of the ball. But but he is, anytime he wants to dominate a game, it seems like he does. Similar to the guy we have in our division. I mean, yeah. he, he makes it go for them on defense, and when, when he gets hot, he's hard to slow down. All right, Max, so that's Chris Jones, who the Chiefs can throw at Kyler Murray potentially. Um, it has come down this afternoon that Justin Pugh and Rodney Hudson are both being considered game time decisions by Cliff Kingsbury. That's forty percent of your offensive line. They may play, they may not. One might, and the other doesn't. What? What do you? How are you handling the offensive line here heading into this game? Hyperbaric chambers. <laughs> oh boy, 
I, I, I mean, we've I mean, already that's, come that's to that in week yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to get these guys out here, throw them in the hyperbaric chamber, work these guys, you know, in the training room. Um, we know what they offer football wise. They have ex- long, extensive resumes. Do they need the physical feet on the ground? Um, practicing a lot? No. Um, but you need to get them to Sunday. I think that's, that's something that's imperative just because, like you said, you've had so many injuries already this offensive line and guys that you've had to waive because of injuries. I don't know that, you know, what you're going to get if you don't have. Rodney Hudson in the middle. I think, yes, Sean Harlow can step in. And you trade it for Cody Ford, so I get Cody Ford is going to be inserted if Justin Pugh can't play. But I feel like Rodney Hudson, of those two, is one of the main X factors in that in that equation because I think you could hide a guard. You can't necessarily hide a center uh, on an offensive line. All right, Max is going to stick around one more segment, and we're going to talk a little college. Did the Florida Gators actually just do the Sun Devils two favors? Wolf? He's been waiting, has he not? He has, so We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. He played tackle in the NFL for more than a decade. Max Starks. Max Starks. Maximum for Maximum for Maximum. Please welcome from the University of Florida, tackle Max Starks. Max is here for one final segment. We got to talk a little college football with uh, with Max here, Wolf, because yes, the Florida Gators won and somehow jumped all the way up to number twelve in the top twenty-five. Stunning! They beat Utah, but also, I, and this is where I want to start, Max. Um, what can you tell us about Emory Jones, who is now obviously ASU's quarterback, and I thought looked decent in the opener, but I also it's tough to get a read when they mostly ran and they were facing NAU. I can tell you after the game, he seemed and, and he's really been this way the last couple months. Very excited specifically to be in Tempe and kind of get a fresh start. But what did you see from him with all your Florida watching? Mm, so, good luck uh, this season. <laughs> no, um, only say good things. You got to sugarcoat this for I, I, That's why I said good luck. Oh, I said thanks. good luck. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, I know. Um, no, I mean, Emory, Emory is, a, is a good game manager. Um, if you have a lot of other pieces around, I think Emory can be decent. Um, the problem is, is some of the accuracy things, I mean, that we saw last year, which prompted kind of the Anthony Richardson conversation, which, of course, now Anthony Richardson is the starting quarterback at Florida. Um, but Emory, Emory's a very reserved kind of dude. Um, I think a change of venue is going to help him a lot. And I think he just has to be himself. You know, you can't picture him to be something that he's not like you can't say oh we want him to have the legs of Jaden Daniels you know it's like no that's not gonna work mm. um he he's a guy who's a very studious player a player who you know has the trust of his teammates they love him they think he's a great teammate a great leader but there's just there's some deficiencies there like I said the accuracy is one of those things the other thing is going to be just when you want him to run I don't know if he's as effective as a runner so he's more of that pocket type of guy that can't have pressure in his face so if you can shore up the offensive line I know yes it's northern Arizona you glean that way however you will but it was it's going to be up and down with him you're not going to get consistently oh my gosh this is a difference maker this is the highest level of football it's going to be Oh, okay. Well, hey, he's not losing us the game, so that is a positive. 
So, Max, um, although it's not going to happen this year or even next year, um, the college football playoff expanding to 12 teams. How do you feel about this? You know, I feel good about this, and I feel better about it if they announced this a year ago. <laughs> um, you know, thank you for dusting this off of your desk, College Football Playoff Committee and Chancellors. Um, because I think you could have you could have possibly have saved the Pac-12 um, a, lo- a lot easier. I think the Big 12, you might not have got Texas, Oklahoma to jump so fast if you knew there were auto bids um, for the top six programs. You know, your Power Five plus top group of five auto bids, and then of course merit through the rest. I think you could have staved off extinction um, a little bit better out west because now you know this pretty much fast tracks it to eventually come to a three conference. Conference superpowers, um, where you're going to have, of course, the Big Ten, the SEC, and however you consolidate the Big 12, Pac 12, um, in whatever package it is. Yeah, I think there's um, going to be two, Max. I think there's going to be two. I think there's going to be. Was, I was, well, I was originally on two as well, Wolf. I thought north and south, make it nice yeah, and easy. right. And go with it, right? Give your three auto bids to each and then let it be the best six of the rest, right? But I think there was a compelling argument made, and I, I forgot who I was talking to from... Um, <laughs> Maybe it from, was from Craig. Big, <laughs> well, no, it was Big 12 Radio. It was Big 12 Radio. It was Big 12 Radio. Okay. And, uh, and, and, we were having a, and we were having this conversation on air, and he made a compelling argument that... Because the West gets such a disproportionate amount, you have to create a conference that has most of that West mountainy region um, in it as opposed to cutting it in half just because of regionality purposes, right? Because you, it's colder up north than it is down south. Sure. And there's a differences between, especially if you're going to do the home and homes for the first round, which is proposed, um, it creates an unfair advantage. So you have to have a mix um, in that environment. So I was like, okay, I can, I can get on board with three. I, it, two makes it so tough, like you said, to do north and south. You got to have a little bit more of regionality because imagine if you're US, USC, USC will probably go with sure. the northern region, sure. but USC having to travel to Temple. Yeah, yeah. Rutgers. Here's the thing, though, that those I would say horrible. to you. Yeah, this is what I would say to you, Max. You have divisions yeah, within those up. conferences. Divisions. Now, well, how I do mean, you get to the champions, though? That, that's the problem. Now you're getting an extended playoff if you go into too many divisions. Well, yeah, that's okay with me, man. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> are you kidding me? He's like, and done. Um, <laughs> I want to see it expanded to 16 teams in the playoff. So, Max, I want to go back to what you just said, though. Had they done this even a year ago, because it's a good point. It's what I really haven't heard before. You think that maybe would have helped save the Pac-12? Because now I'm looking at the way the season started, and Oregon's pretty much out of a playoff uh, run. Utah's pretty much out of it. USC is really the only team from the Pac-12 that realistically could make the playoff this year. And that doesn't help the Pac-12 because they're not even going to be in the Pac-12 in two years. Exactly. Because think about this. If you could sustain a Utah and an Oregon loss, if it doesn't matter because the Pac-12 champion gets in automatically, you don't worry about it. And therefore, as long as you have a seat at the table, that's all that matters. And that's why USC and UCLA went to the Big Ten was not just because of money, but because we want to be in a position to actually compete year in and year out. If we do beat an Ohio State, we do beat a Michigan, we can get into the playoff because if we run the table in the Pac-12 and there's only two 
two ranked teams, that strength of schedule is not going to play in favor of the, uh, for the CFP. And it's all about looks and it's all about numbers attached to names that you beat. And there's just not enough of those things, as we saw, right? Utah takes that one stumble, and now it's like, okay, it's over with. we got to put all of our eggs in the USC basket that's going to be leaving us soon. And I think it would have possibly have made it more entertaining and give George Klyakov a lot more firepower to then go back at these schools to, to entertain them to stay within the conference. Don't you think, though, Max? I mean, what I'm surprised, based on what you're saying right here, I'm, I'm shocked that these schools, they didn't hear anything in the grapevine. They didn't know this was coming. This wasn't, they, they didn't know it was on the horizon to do this. I, it makes no sense to me because these guys sit around, they have lunch together. Mm-hmm. That's where I, I, I take out the old Scooby-Doo nose and I, and I smell something that looks like it came from the backside of something. And I don't believe that. Just like Bob Bowlesby, right? I mean, how, how did this happen under, under his watch, under his nose? Texas, Oklahoma, him and, him and Sankey are working hand in hand. And all of a sudden, Texas, Oklahoma's gone. Yeah. Um, Something had to have been said, and they just chose to ignore it. Right. I think that's ultimately what came down to it. But nobody, but everybody's so prideful, they don't want to admit fault in this. Great. And that's why we are where we are right now. <laughs> yes, we are. Hey, enjoy the Pac-12 this year. Thanks. <laughs> you should just take one team out each year until it gets down to like the Pac-4. Max, uh, <laughs> thank you for everything. Thank you for uh, for Emory Jones, even though you really didn't sell me on him there. That that seemed like that was painful for you. He's a good quarterback. He's he's just he's not gonna he's not gonna get you over the hump. He's not gonna cost you the game. So other guys emerge on this team, and you can find that electric running game. Then yes, he is a perfect compliment for that. Well, I just heard such ASU an SEC is a tournament. Yeah, he's a good tournament quarterback as long as you don't I, don't, I have no throw. clue what you're talking about, Wolf. I can't hear you. The, 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 the CFP championships are clogging my ears. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm so glad. Max, thank you, buddy. God <laughs> Thanks, bless <Max>. you, man. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Take care. All right. That was Max Starks there with Maximum Football.